broadcasting live from the R&R Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Carr back into the gun, takes it, flushed out of the pocket, sets a screen, drops it off to midfield. Here comes Jacobs, crosses 35, breaks daylight, down to the 21-yard line. What a beautiful orchestrated screen pass. And that's a play that Lincoln Kennedy for three-plus years has been screaming for the Raiders to run. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Well, I can only vouch for the two years that Lincoln and I have been working (laughs) together. But I know that for two years now, and I'm going to defer to the godfather, Brent Musburger, without question, um, the three years that uh, that you guys have been working together, (laughs) calling for a damn screen pass. Give me one, for crying out loud, uh, with the Raiders. It's such a great play and such a, uh, you know, it's... has a usually if it's run correctly, Lincoln, it has a high level of um, success. You know, at least for a few yards, but in that case, uh, over twenty. Um, you've been calling for it. You saw it when I saw it uh, at, in the press box and at, in Power Field. I was like, "Uh oh, I, I need to go over and check on Lincoln uh, to see if, <laughs> to see if he's okay, to see if he was shocked beyond belief." First of all, welcome uh, Lincoln Kennedy to the show. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln oh. Kennedy, brought to you by Embodied Tequila, Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Tuesday. But Lincoln. That I had to start the show off with that because I was thinking about you as soon as it happened. You know what, Vinny? At the moment it happened, I stood up in the booth and I started clapping. <laughs> and that's why Brent reacted the way it was. Because I have been, as you know, I've been calling for it. Calling for it. Look, the screen and the draw game are powerful against aggressive rushes. It makes defenses think twice about blitzing, about, you know, and, and the rushes just going off, teeing off on the quarterback. And it... And, we didn't do it a lot when I played. I wanted us to do it more. We called it every now and then. We were, but you know, I think Callahan one time said that we weren't a good screen team. We had to get better, and he was right. But we never really worked on it a, a, a lot. You know what I mean? Um, so the thing is, is that when I look back on the, the, that play, and then they, they a couple of weeks ago they ran a draw and stuff like that. I see rim, semblance of it, and these things that come out. They are just so powerful if you get them if you get them going. They are so powerful. And it was a big play. It was a big play for the Raiders. And you ain't them scoring after that. No no question about it. And um, it leads to the next question or the next observation. Obviously, this was the first game that the Raiders played without John Gruden as the play caller for the first time since 2018. Um, we knew that we were going to see subtle differences, Lincoln, and in some cases maybe beyond subtle. I know talking to people um, you know, close to the situation, uh, I'll put it that way, they expected a little bit more aggressiveness, a little bit more freedom uh, with Derek Carr uh, in collaboration. Not that he didn't collaborate with, with John Gruden uh, in the past, but... You know, John Gruden was a heavy-handed offensive head coach without question. That was his baby. It was his team. He had every right to run it the way he felt uh, was the right way to to, to run it. But a new voice, a new vision, uh, a new set of eyes, a new set of ears in Greg Olson taking over as the play caller in conjunction with uh, somebody that he's grown very, very close to in Derek Carr, there were going to be some changes and, and you know, some aggressiveness, uh, an increase in aggressiveness. And I think we saw that, Lincoln. Yes, I do agree. And I, I'll also take you take you back to the game. So you remember the eventually the one where King and Drake uh, ran the wheel route, okay? Yes, I do. On that drive. 
one of the very first plays they did on that drive is they had King and Drake in the backfield, and they ran a, just a little flare route out with him. Right. And they realized that they had the Broncos' middle linebacker, Wilson or whatever his name was, Johnson, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, right. had his middle linebacker on him. Okay, so I said, all right, that, I, I see why they did it. They want the, the, they want the advantage of running back. And, and so the reason why I say that is because they capped off that drive with a very similar circumstance, Kenyon Drake coming out of the backfield. This time it was after the timeout, obviously. It was after the timeout. He ran a wheel route. He yeah. ran an out and up. Right. And got some separation from the linebacker. And Derek threw a beautiful pass. That, you know, the, and, and, and Kenyon Drake did the rest of it. There are rhythms that you're supposed to get in as a play caller. You're supposed to follow and take advantage of opportunities. Hell, the Broncos did it. The one that when uh, they're tied in, Fant scored in the back of the end zone. They did that same play earlier, but Kate, uh, uh, Corey Littleton made a great play and knocking, deflecting the ball down. That would have been a touchdown. Right. Right. Because they had, they had, they had what they wanted. They had their safety, our safety, Raider safety, Morick was covering, uh, the, trying to cover the tight end, the back of the end zone. So then you had the advantage. I say that to say this. There are times where you get into a rhythm when you're calling a certain series of plays that upstairs you can see. And, and I'm not saying that Greg Olson was upstairs, but the eye saw, hey, the Broncos are going to cover, you know, they're going to cover our, their back with, our back with their middle linebacker. We've got an advantage there. Yeah. And that's how you, you take advantage of it. You see what I'm saying? That's when, that's when, there's a rhythm to play calling, and that's what we saw Sunday against the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. And here's Derek Carr uh, talking about his first game with Greg Olson as the play caller. The way Oli, the way Oli goes is, you know, if someone needs a break or someone needs a second, you know, just we're in, we're going to play football, and um, you know, I, I think that he just capitalized when he was in there. I think more than it was just we got to get KD the ball. You know, um, we don't talk about that much in our room. Obviously, Waller is a factor, right? The Waller factor, but we're never like we have to do this, we have to do that. We kind of just we just kind of see schematically and what we think is best for us and we kind of just do that. And when guys are in, I mean, we had a couple guys, there was a play called for Henry that uh, Zay ran today, you know. And uh, you know, that's kind of just that's kind of how Ole goes. You know, we're just going to play ball and um, you know, whoever's in, hopefully they capitalize. That's Derek Carr uh, talking about you know some of the differences uh, with with, uh, w- with 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 uh, Greg Olson calling the plays today, and I know that you know Derek said that he crushed it. He felt like he felt like Greg crushed that uh, in a good way, um, you know his his role uh, on 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 Sunday. But I I feel like um, Lincoln there was some differences. I, I I felt like they took more chances downfield. Uh, I feel like, and this is not a, a feeling, they ran. Um, the most play action plays that they had run all year. It seemed like Derek Carr was under center more often mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, in, in, gun. Sh- in shotgun. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Derek Carr averaged 18.9 yards uh, per completion, which was the, the, uh, the longest completion average in 10 years for a Raiders quarterback. So, you know, Kenyon Drake was more involved in the offense. We saw the screen pass, uh, you know, being introduced. They threw it on third and shorts uh, a couple of times yeah. uh, successfully rather than yeah. trying to, you know, pound their head against the wall. Kenyon Drake scored on a nice 18-yard run, which yeah. uh, give a lot of credit to the offensive line uh, for. So, I mean, you know, Obviously, anytime you have somebody different, we're all human beings. So Greg Olson is going to see things differently than um, you know than, than John Gruden, uh, and and Greg Olson went from a position of making recommendations, making suggestions, offering his insight to literally making the decision. Uh, and I think Lincoln that we saw that express itself uh, on the football field on Sunday. I, I think that you know. The, 
Look, Derek has knows this offense. He knows it well enough, and you could see with the check with me system. There's there's a lot of instances where he's going in the huddle and he's calling out two plays, and you know he'll audible from that from that point which one they're going to stay with you. And you hear him upstairs, you can hear the microphone like we're good, we're good, we're good. They're going to run the first play, and then when they're tapping their helmet, it's usually the second play. So that's how you communicate. You know that's how it's going. But what you what you what you saw was that you're not afraid to get other people involved. And that was the great thing that we knew we had at the disposal of the Raiders with all of these weapons. To recognize the fact that, you know, on the Henry Ruggs play, the safeties became inverted. The, the, the couple plays before, the safeties came down. They were playing too deep. They didn't want to let anything behind, but they came down and run support. And there was one of the safeties that jumped Waller, and that's why there was, that's why there was such a big gap on that seam route to Ruggs. That's why, because the, the other corner thought the safety was going to be there, but he inverted, he jumped on Waller on a crossing route, and so th- that, that's why he had the big play to rugs. But it also infers when you th- have those instances like that, if you're going to blitz us or you're, not, or you're going to play off coverage with the speed that we have, we're going to take advantage of it. He did that with Ryan Edwards on that one route and that beautiful catch that Edwards had, and he did it with Ruggs Great a couple catch. times. Great you see catch. what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's instances where they're utilizing their weapons. There, there have been times, in my impression, Vinny, that they were trying to force – the ball sometimes to certain guys, and 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 now it seems that it, it seems for all intents and purposes only one game, but it seems for all intents and purposes they're able to open it up and get everyone more involved. And it's not just you know on a fixation out of purpose. It's it, there's a reason for it. Like I said, there's there was a great rhythm to the way things were called on Sunday. And maybe just maybe um, you know if if Henry Ruggs's observation uh, is accurate, you know maybe it was just scaled down a little bit rather than. You know the the, the the having to you know you're walking around school sometimes uh, with your book bag. It's been years for me and you, Lincoln. We won't mm-hmm. talk about how, how long <laughs> it is, but I see my kids doing it. All right? right, and sometimes it's just like how many books do you have? Right, uh, and and you know it's going to slow you down walking around from class to class because you're just carrying such a burden that back there uh, in your backpack. Yeah. Well, talking to Henry Ruggs after the game on Sunday, it sounds like there weren't as many books in the book pack. Here's right. Henry Ruggs. Um, he just kind of um, really just made everything a little more simpler. We are, we kind of didn't come into to the to the week with a lot of a lot of drawbacks, a lot of different things like that. He just kind of reduced the amount of things that we you know kind of really had to worry about. We just went out there and played ball. Um, but other than that, you know, it was it was the same same offense. It's not going to really change. Um, you know, got the same quarterback, got the same playmakers on our side of the ball. Defense, you know, went out there and do their job. So, like I said, it really had nothing to do with anything on the outside. We just kind of had to go out there and take care of business, and that's what we did. That's actually Kenyon Drake, <laughs> but um, not no, it wasn't you. Uh, somebody filed that uh, incorrectly. That's uh, just uh, leave it at that. Uh, but um, Lincoln, what is he saying right there in terms of you know all the? Um, Sometimes less is more. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Sometimes less is more. Sometimes, you know, you could you could overthink things to where you get you have too much. And, and, and but you know, once you once you you read a defense, once you understand what a defense is doing, if you take care of the intangibles like protection, you know, you shore up protection first and foremost, and more importantly, your quarterback has the accuracy, the arm like Derek does. He gets into a rhythm. He knows what they can do. He knows what they're capable of. I mean, and, and it's and it's just you know having trusting in that 
to say, you know what, I know that the safety is inverted. Next time Ruggs runs a seam route, I'm going to put it up there. And you see he threw it between two guys before the safety was able to re- come over. It was a pretty damn good safety. Justin Simmons was able to come over and make a play on it. It was a big play. It was a touchdown. You know, it's, it's, it's so instances like that when you can feel better about your offense because you're not trying to overcomplicate things, just keep it simple, Sam. I mean, I'm one of those guys that think Josh Jacobs running downhill towards the line is a lot better than running sweeps or stretch runs and stuff like that. And and it, it I think it showed in, in the game, too. For sure. And it, there's no question uh, that it did. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Steven is on the line. How are you doing, Steven? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, we're My buddy and I are longtime listeners, uh, longtime Raider fans, of course, and uh, loved – Lincoln's play all the years for the Raiders. And I just kind of had a question for him mm-hmm. in regards to the O-line. What's up, bud? Uh, um, I was just curious what your thoughts on, uh, you know, I know we've had some struggles. Obviously, Sunday was a great win for us. Um, the love the play calling changes made, made the Raiders just change the whole dynamic of the team, uh, it appeared. But just with some of the struggles with the offensive line, do you see them maybe the Raiders possibly going out and trading for maybe a center like Lucas Patrick and then turn around and going out and getting a, a tackle like uh, Rick Wagner, who's a free agent, just to kind of shore up the offensive line? And then my second quick question to you is, what are your thoughts on our uh, practice squad, uh, Morrissey, and maybe plugging and playing him at center? Um let me jump on that first, okay. uh, and I appreciate the call, Stephen. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because, frankly, the offensive line had his best performance of the season. Agree, uh, except for Sunday. the penalties. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you have to definitely account uh, for the penalties, and Certainly. those are, you know, part of the grade, um, overall grade. But everybody on the offensive line, and forget Colton Miller, he's having a fabulous year. We're not talking about him. Uh, he does his job. Um, although I think there was a penalty on him, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, was there? I, it probably was. I don't. Maybe remember. not. Maybe it was. Seven, no. no, it was a false. No, it wasn't a false. It was seventy six. It was seventy six. Yeah. 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 Um, but from from you know uh, his right on John Simpson, um, Andre James, Alex Leatherwood, Brandon Parker, every one of those guys had their either their highest grade of the season by Pro Football Focus or um, or in James's case. His final grade for the game uh, was above his season grade, mm-hmm. so everyone had a had a uh, took a step in the right direction. The numbers weren't great if you're looking at uh, the grading system, but they were markedly better across the board uh, for all four players essentially. And I think that that showed Lincoln. And, and why I'm pointing that out, and we're going to get to it a little later on in the show, is I think what this offensive line needs is just continuity. Um, you just made a huge change moving Alex Leatherwood to right guard right. and inserting Brandon Parker uh, in at right tackle. Right. You've already made a huge change by trading Rodney Hudson and inserting Andre James um, at, right. at that center. You've already made a huge move by trading Gabe Jackson for Denzel Good first, right? And mm-hmm. Or excuse me, it was going to be Richie Incognito right. uh, there at left guard. And then all of a sudden... Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, backwards. Uh, Denzel. Know, we Good. know what you mean. Yeah, yeah go ahead. exactly. Uh-huh. And then, and then, uh, you know, he gets hurt, and now you've got John Simpson. So it's, there's just been too much movement. And what I'm stressing, and I'm going to ask you if you agree, just let it be for a little while. Let this, let this current offensive line 
marinate a little bit because we've already seen an improvement for two weeks or last week uh, when they struggled in their first uh, game together as this uh, replicable um, unit to, to this week. And I expect that improvement to continue, Lincoln. Well, I, I've said that the longer the team, I mean, longer the guys work together, they'll be better. I've said that countless times, and, and it's absolutely right. I mean, the longer that you have this line intact the way it is, they get used to each other and more familiar with each other, they'll play. And that's why scheme becomes important. That's why you protect, you know, you have you set up with max, prote- max prote- uh, protection with, you know, either Darren Waller or Foss Moreau and then a back. You know, you bring in Jalen Richard on the third down. He understands the blitz pickup uh, a lot better than uh, the other running backs. And he becomes that, he, I mean, they, they threw a little bit of a wrinkle when they threw the little flare route out to him to get the first down because the Broncos weren't expecting that. You know, they, they weren't yep. expecting that, that. So that was another little wrinkle in the caveat. But you bring those types of things in. That allows Brandon Parker to have a lot more confidence at his position. That allows Alex Leatherwood, who needs to cut down on the penalties. I think he's the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. Um, needs to cut down on the, on the foolish penalties, especially jumping off sides or, or the holds. But I think that will come. All in all, I, I agree with you. I, I think the longer you have them together, the continuity will come. It will be there. Um, don't go shaking it up. So, no, I would not bring Morrissey up. Um, leave him on developmental squad. I mean, leave him on practice squad until you actually need him and a hurt injury. Remember, they still got Nick Martin. Um, who they haven't played. So um, if Andre James is not up to par, and I think it will probably be evaluated after the bye week or during the bye week. Right. Then, that I, But I I honestly cannot see Cable changing anymore if he doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Just too late in the season. And nothing against anyone, you know, that, that the, 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 the caller mentioned. Right. Um, it's just I think the last thing you need is more upheaval, having right. guys come into the – and offensive line, Lincoln, you can explain this better than I can. Um, it's not like – you know, any any time you bring in a new player from you know another organization or off the free agent you know street, um, the acclimation period for any position, learning the offense or the defense, whatever the case might be, uh, is difficult enough. But it, when you when you're talking about the offensive line and the cohesion that's needed uh, from player to player, uh, that's that's like a group of guys. Like and to bring people in new 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 players at this stage. Um, and ask them to kind of get it together, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask. It is a lot to ask. And it's something that because you don't have the time, you don't have the luxury, especially with the current CBA, that you can't necessarily practice or, or get you know, narrowed down. I mean, look, for, for what, it, what it's worth, when, when we played, we had drills like nine on seven and team where we would go at one another and try to, you know, I, I would have to learn how my guard would block on a double team. Or a scoop block. I would have to. There's a lot of nonverbal communication and partnering that goes on amongst the offensive line. You know um, how he picks up a, a stunt, uh, how he, he passes off a, a game when a, when a defensive tackle is trying to come out to me and pick me. You know, I'm not trying to get him picked. I mean, there's, so there's a lot of things that you have to learn by playing with one another and just being around one another. And the better offensive lines are the ones that have stayed together the longest. Yeah, and look, if they were terrible on Sunday, I might be singing a different tune. But they got better, right. and there's no reason to think they won't continue uh, to get better collectively. Um, So we'll see. Hey, just a reminder, uh, we're going to be back at uh, the Rockstar Bar.
and Grill on Saturday starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, remember, that's the go-to place uh, the day before home games over at Allegiant Stadium. We've had a blast uh, hosting uh, these events. Uh, myself, Q Myers, DeMond Cotton came out uh, on Saturday, uh, decided to uh, to show up. Um, and uh, he, he was a big hit, by the way. I, I yeah. kept telling DeMond, people are asking about you. Right, DeMond? Pictures yeah. galore. I mean, I felt like a celebrity. A star. Signing helmets, you know, kissing babies. Nice. You know, and and uh, yeah. Lincoln, there may or may not have been about six or seven shots of uh, embajador tequila. In oh, my. Well. oh, man. I will take a free drink from anybody. Lincoln, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine how it is for you, but it's just like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Why, yes, you can. I always quote my good friend, and I know Lincoln is, is a good is a friend with him as well, Eric yeah. Dickerson. If it's free, it's for me. That's exactly right. Give me three. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy and Damon Cotton. Uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. That's a nice uh, little plug for them. Uh, Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I thought they did a great job. You know, I think we had two sacks, but I think they were my fault for running at zero yards. You know, it wasn't on them, you know, and uh, um, they, they, especially against that front, Vaughn Miller's, you know, <laughs> God's gift to earth of pass rushing, you know, like that man is walking gold jacket, Hall of Famer, greatest pass rusher. You can always, if someone said he's the greatest pass rusher ever, it's going to be hard to argue he's not, you know. Um, and the the inside interior guys that they have and opposite Vaughn, how hard he plays, like it's impressive that, that they were able to do what they did this week. And if we keep that up, hopefully we can, you know, build on what they were able to do this week. And if we can do that, hopefully have more success and, uh, you know, win some more football games. So that was Derek Carr uh, talking about the offensive line um, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. And Lincoln, we talk about this all the time. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinnie Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. It is a Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Glad to have uh, Lincoln back with us today. Um, we've talked, you know, we it's, it's a cliche, obviously, uh, but it's also truth. I mean, it all starts up front, whether you're talking about the offensive line uh, and the defensive line. We're going to get into the Raiders' defensive line a little bit later, but everything that's happening defensively, and there's great players all across the board on defense uh, this year for the Raiders. Uh, give Mike Mayock and Gus Bradley a lot of credit for the defensive players that they brought in, but really, Lincoln, it all starts with that defensive line and what they're doing, the havoc that they're creating up front. Conversely, um, I feel like the Raiders offense for the first few weeks of the season, short of some, um, you know, uh, blasts here and there, they've been kind of playing offense with one arm tied behind their back because the offensive line just for various reasons and injuries play a huge role in it for various reasons, just haven't been able to get it together. I think we finally saw on Sunday, some semblance of continuity, efficiency, protection, getting push off the ball. Pro Football Focus pointed out that the Raiders averaged 1.6 yards. Let me try to explain this uh, uh, in, a, in a simple way. Uh, running backs had 1.6 yards of running room beyond the line of scrimmage before they got hit on average. We know that 
earlier in the season, far too many times, running backs were getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. So first contact, on average, was 1.6 yards off the line of scrimmage. That's huge and a sign of good things for the Miss offensive line, Lincoln. Yes, and I, I think it goes back to scheme. I think it goes back to consistency and also knowing what you do well. I mean, you know, for the first time, they, they ran they ran counter Treo where they pulled Simpson and Colton Miller. I haven't seen Bob Treo and, and – Oh, and from this offense, and goodness gracious, in years, um, it was one of my favorite plays. And when they they ran it to to perfection, um, and I think I think it was when Jacob scored on it. If I'm not to say somebody, it was a long run. It was a, a good producing run. But yeah, I, I think when you try to run sometimes the zone schemes, especially with some of these defensive tackles, there there's an understanding that Simpson has started getting a hold of when uh, about controlling the line of scrimmage. And it's a really big key. A lot of people think that you have to move defensive linemen out of the way. No, all you have to do is displace them slightly, and that will create a room. The momentum will create space, but you cannot lose the battle of line of scrimmage. If you get pushed back, if they get penetration, the play's dead because there's no there's there's nowhere for the ball to back to cut back to there's no way that he's going to be able to find a hole he's going to you know he's he's going to see color and the play is dead and that drives him to another hole so you have to win the line of scrimmage and it's so important we use a term like you got to block the box the offensive linemen and the blockers they've got to block the box you got to control the box if you can control the box you control the front seven then the first person who's going to be trying to make contact on the, on the running back is going to be a defensive back a safety or 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 a corner if you look at the way the Broncos were trying to do things with their big backs, they were blocking the box and the outside linebackers, but they were they had their receivers come and crash down on the safeties because they wanted the corners to try to make the tackle. They thought that the corners, because they're small, would have a difficult time bringing down guys like Melvin Gordon. There were a couple times they got they got some big runs off of it, and they, they that was their way of, of doing things. But the big thing is you have to control the box, and I think the Raiders did a good job of doing that. Speaking about the offensive line and uh, when you were describing, you know, getting pushed back and not winning the battle uh, at the line of scrimmage, I don't Listen, Lincoln, I, I've made mistakes. We all have. Uh, but did you happen to catch Chris Boussard earlier today? No. All right. Uh-uh. So, um, Devon, did you see that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course I do. Okay. So, Lincoln, I'm sure you watched the game last night. Um, yes. Okay. Great game, by the way. Mm-hmm. And kudos and uh, congrats to our, our guy, Devon. Uh, that's his team. The tighten Jazzy up. Tans. Yep. Tighten up. Um, all right. So, uh, I'll take you back to the last play of the game uh, or – Close to it. Second to the last play of the game. Anyway, it was the play of the game. Fourth and go- fourth and one um, at the two-yard line-ish or so. Um, and and so Tennessee needs to make a yard uh, to get a first down goal or score the touchdown, whatever the case might be. They decide to go for it. They could have kicked a field goal and tied it up. It gone to overtime. That would have been the logical, I think, uh, thing to do. Uh, but it, uh, instead, uh, the Buffalo Bills, who need this yard, um, decide to go for it. On fourth down, all right? And the play gets snuffed. Lincoln, you saw the play, um, mm-hmm. and it got snuffed. Mm-hmm. So Chris Bouchard today, and here, I'm going to just have Chris explain himself. Happened on the play. Yes, Josh Allen Smith, or Josh Allen slipped, but it got blown up on the left side because of the pressure of Tennessee. I wonder why. Could it be because ten, uh, Buffalo's Pro Bowl left tackle Taylor Lewan was injured? 
If he's there, maybe that doesn't happen, but he's out. So you got a second stringer that Josh Allen's trying to go behind, and you see he got destroyed. Dawkins, whoever that is. All right, so that's the problem. You're not good in the red zone overall. Um, he, well, he got the quarterback mixed up. Josh Allen doesn't play for the Titans. Well, first of all, it was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Okay. So he was talking about the wrong tackle altogether, right? Got a lot mixed yes. up there. Yeah. He okay. Was, he was talking about Taylor Lewan. Yeah. Yeah. Who went Titans. down? Right. Yeah. Okay. Not I'm, the Buffalo Bills, obviously. Yeah, obviously, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was trying to because he was saying Josh Allen. I'm like, Josh Allen's quarterback for the Bills. Right. He's talking about the Tennessee. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Go so, ahead. Make your point. <laughs> well, he he blamed the whole blow up on the right. fact that they ran behind their second string tackle, not Taylor Lewan, who's on the right. other team. On the other. T- <laughs> All right, and by the way, Dawkins is right. a pretty good tackle. No, no, they've, they've had a good offensive line to play, play this year, yeah. And he had him as a second-string nobody, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just like Lincoln. I know, you know, we all are susceptible to making mistakes. We sit in here for two hours every darn day right. talking and, you know, writing right. and doing everything that we do. You call games, uh, various games. Yeah. Mistakes happen, but yeah. my goodness, Lincoln, to get it. Here's the thing. If you're going to come – at somebody with a conviction like that, like, why did you do that? Why did you call that play right there? You got to have your facts straight. Well, yeah, especially if you're going to if you're going to have that type of uh, tone and 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 try to argue your point, you got to get your facts straight. I, that, that's that was just sad and embarrassing. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody even like the producer didn't get in his ear. You're talking about the wrong team. I somebody. Think he, I think he later apologized. Oh, did he? But okay, you know, a little yeah, too yeah. a little. Oh, it's too a little late. too late. Yeah, people were having a field day, obviously on on social media. They they're like, you know, uh, you know, they should have handed it to Thurman yeah. Thomas. What yeah. are they doing? You know, <laughs> why wasn't Thurman Thomas in the game? I know, huh? <laughs> like, okay. and so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. But while we're on that subject, uh, and I wanted to ask you about that, here's why I didn't like the play call to begin with. All right, for the exact thing that happened. Number one, it got pushed back. But number two, the quarterback slipped right off the right. bat like right. that's really was you know it could have gotten snuffed regardless because because right. definitely uh tennessee i want to make sure i got my teams correct here <laughs> but tennessee got a good push but at the right. same time he lost all leverage right. when he slipped to start yep. off with so yep. i got to ask you this knowing that things like that can happen even on a kick even on a field goal kick it's still got to get snapped it's still got to get right. held it's still got to get kicked successfully so there's levels to the play it's not just a gimme but knowing that disaster like that can happen in such an important part of the game, are you going for it right there? Or are you going to kick it and go to overtime? You're down uh, by three. The reason a lot of coaches don't want to try for overtime, because it, it, especially if you're on, on the road, and they feel that unless you have the momentum in your favor, um, it, it, you, would, you would probably pr- rather push for the win rather than go in overtime. But, I mean, it's, it's just a judgment call. I mean, it depends on the flow of the game. Um, you know, Buffalo might have felt felt themselves, especially with the way they played after they they lost to Pittsburgh. They played the last what four weeks, uh, and and might have felt themselves a little bit. Just, but I I don't know. It's a judgment call. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely aggressive. It definitely shows faith in your team. But yeah, um, you know, that could be what decides home field advantage at some point. Yeah, you know, but at the same point, it's here's the thing. Like, for watching Josh Allen, the biggest issue that I had with him last year when they were on a tremendous run is Josh Allen had a problem reading defenses, deciphering defenses, if it wasn't given to him, if it wasn't spoon, spoon-fed to him by the offensive coordinator, Dable. Um, 
But this year he's shown much more progression, much more awareness, and he showed it off last night, uh, especially when they were able to have those big plays. And, of course, he can extend plays with his legs. But knowing that the Tennessee Titans were having some issues in the secondary and they, they could, really couldn't cover their receivers, they were forced back to play a lot more zone than man than they, than they usually, uh, usually try to do. And Buffalo was able to take advantage of that, uh, especially with their run game. So, I mean, maybe they're just filling themselves a little too much. Uh, you know, here it's a learning lesson for everybody. Without a doubt. Uh, but I'll tell you what that loss did do for the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders are amongst uh, a whole bunch of really good four and two teams uh, yeah. in the AFC. And oh, by the way, the, um, the the lead dog right now, the Baltimore Ravens at five and one. Guess who that one loss came to? Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. You know, so it, it, and, and every time I think about that, and I was, you know, thinking about this last night. Uh, I go back to, to last Wednesday when, when the Raiders were kind of processing um, for the first time what had happened with John Gruden, all the madness, all the controversy, uh, all the la- various layers to it. You know, we've, we talked last week in our own way about feeling like we got kicked in the gut. Imagine being the players on the team uh, and how they were feeling. And yeah. yet on Wednesday, guys like Darren Waller and Derek Carr and Max Crosby and others uh, really spoke eloquently and passionately uh, about how they were processing what had happened, but also how they remained focused on what was ahead of them. Because in their minds, and rightfully so, when we saw it on Sunday and we're seeing it now just looking at the records of everybody, what the hell, man? There's a lot to still play for. Uh, This wasn't a coaching change that happened because the Raiders aren't a good football team. It It had nothing to do with their record, with their performance, anything that they were doing. In fact, they're off to a pretty good start. Three and two is, you know, it's not the best start. But as we see around the league, teams are still kind of finding themselves a little bit. So three and two is perfectly fine. It was, and and all their goals, all their objectives are out there uh, ahead of them. And so Lincoln, their ability to kind of just set aside what happened and focus and really put together, I think, and you can answer for yourself, I thought it was their best performance that I've seen in the last few years that I've covered them from complete offense, defense to special teams. It was as complete, efficient a performance as I've seen the Raiders in a long time. And it came in a moment where everybody was thinking, this is probably going to be the turning point of another bad season for the Raiders. It was anything but. Uh, they, they, they rallied around each other, uh, and they, they found their way. And really, they let their talent express themselves. To me, Lincoln, it's a pretty good football team. And we're starting to see that with all the performances and contributions that they're getting on all, in all facets of the game. Well, yeah, and I, I think also the part that getting off to a fast start um, really helped them. You know what I mean? It helped motivate them. The, the same thing being said that you know going down to score, going down and score, and then you give up a score right behind, it wakes you up. Okay, now you know, we're playing for real. But then things, all the things started to come together for the Raiders, especially on on all phases of the ball, um, was really working to their benefit. And and we we talked about it last week that hey, it, it would be it, it, what they needed right now is they needed to go out and win. Yes. Because winning will cover up all the stuff that has happened. And look at the the, the be in a much better mood rather than somebody sticking a microphone in their face. So you think you'd play better if Gruden was coaching? Right. You know what I mean? Because you right. know that was coming, right? Yeah. You know, so, but you know, Derek. Carr was was phenomenal like he's been all season you know they got the running game going uh to, to an extent it wasn't beautiful all the time but you know hey it still worked and on defense they did what they needed to do to give Bridgewater the
fits. Now, he threw for 340 to 34 yards, but he also threw three interceptions. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So, I mean, the turnover, win the turnover battle more times than not is going to put the, the, the possibility of you winning the football game. And, and they did that. They, they had the turnovers. They took it and they were very feisty. So, um, I, I did like the, I think it was one of their strongest performances that I, that I can remember in a while. Yeah, and Corey Littleton had a good game. Uh, good, Trayvon yeah. Morg uh, is continuing uh, to move forward. Uh, aside from you know one miss kick, one miss kick, uh, 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 Daniel Carlson uh, has played well. But you know you want to talk about other facets in your special teams. AJ Cole averaged fifty-seven yards on four kicks, longest yeah. seventy-one, which was a legit seventy-one, by yeah, the way. Yeah, um, huge came up huge. But I want to point to this, Lincoln. Um, and I don't know if this was just because what the Raiders saw on film of uh, the Broncos kick return unit, or maybe this is Rich Bisaccia being the special teams coach and now the head coach saying, I'm going to do it my way. Uh, but if you noticed, Daniel Carlson was giving the Broncos a chance to return kickoffs on yes. Sunday. And mm-hmm. there's there's no way that it was because he was kicking him short. It was by design. Daniel Carlson right. can kick it to Boulder for right. crying out loud uh, in that altitude and with that powerful of a leg. So what they were doing was by design. Okay, we're going to make you run it. And not one time did they reach the 25. And right. I think I think every other time they didn't even get to the 20. So yeah. great job too uh, on on the on the kickoff retur- uh, on the kickoff coverage team. And I know it might seem like a small thing. But statistically, it it bears this bears out that if teams don't get to the twenty five, their their percentage of scoring on that drive goes way down compared yes. to when they get to the twenty five and beyond. So hats, hats off to the special teams as well. No doubt about it, and, and of course it is by design what what Coach Basachi was doing with the special teams, especially on the kickoff, because if you watch a lot of times a lot of kickoffs, um, a lot of those guys don't don't do a very good job at blocking. I mean, there's, you they're know, when not, you, they're not doing it anymore. Yeah, they're, they don't, exactly. That, that's right. So, so more times than not, you don't, you give the benefit of, of a touchback. Of course, you'll take it in the end zone, but very few kick returners, very few people have special teams that they feel confident enough to, to bring the ball out. So, yeah, you're right. If they don't start on the, and it was, it was really good because they, a lot of times they didn't reach the 20. You're right. You know, uh, when Rich Bisaccia was just the special teams coach in training camp, uh, he came out and spoke to us, uh, the media. Uh, th- they tend to do that during training camp. You know, the O-line coach comes out, the running's mm-hmm, back, you know, mm-hmm, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I, because I, I hadn't talked to him, and it's hard to talk to people right now, um, you know, on a consistent basis because still there's COVID rules and things like that. Uh, but I asked him, you know, hey, analytically speaking, you're the guy in charge. You know, uh, do you like to kick it out of the end zone? Do you like to, you know, maybe give a team a chance to? And he kind of gave me this look, like, yeah, we'll go, we'll go, it'll be game to game. But we're not going to be talking about all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you'll see <laughs> on yeah. a week to week basis. So I got the idea, like, okay, you know, it's everything's on the table, and I don't know if that's the design moving forward, or like we said, maybe it was because. They saw what you see, which was the Denver Broncos were doing a terrible job blocking uh, in those situations. Uh, But they really were able to uh, neutralize that Mm -hmm. and bury the Broncos uh, over on over on their, uh, you know, ahead of their own 20, Mm -hmm. which, again, statistically, that's a good place to be if you're a defense. Uh, And by the way, about that defense, Lincoln, um, I'm just going to go out and say it. The Raiders have a good defense, all right? I'm just – I said it. <laughs> I said it. It took six games, but I'm saying that the Raiders have a good defense. And for me, Lincoln, it starts on the defensive line. But as we've seen from Max Crosby, who's playing like a freaking maniac right now, uh, and Unique Ngagwe, 
even though the numbers might not be there, I saw him just making massive pushes uh, on Sunday, getting off the line of scrimmage uh, and, and pushing it. Uh, but Damian Square, uh, yeah. Solomon came Thomas. Strong, came on strong, yeah. You yeah. know, like yeah. everybody that they've put out there has produced. Then you go to the linebackers. Denzel Perryman is is another guy playing like a maniac. He's I think he's over. having an all-pro year right now. Right, and Corey Littleton's not an all-pro yeah. player. But, man, the yeah, dude has him, been yeah. a tackling machine. Yeah. Casey Hayward, um, Trayvon Morg, like like we're going to talk about this when we get back, but my goodness, it's on a week-to-week basis, plenty of guys are playing well, and that bodes well uh, moving forward. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but I'm saying it right now. It's a good Raiders defense, and I would be shocked if they didn't carry that through, barring any injuries uh, for the rest of the year. You're in the huddle with a mini Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. It is a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Well, I thought we we feel like we've been playing pretty well on kickoff the last few weeks. We haven't had a lot of attempts at it. We've kind of tried to do it where we thought it would be advantageous to us. And I think going up into there, we felt like, again, we were playing good. Daniel knows the stadium pretty well. You know, it had something to do with the wind. We thought we could put the ball a little bit outside the numbers maybe. And uh, the sun was a little bit of an issue early in the game. So that's uh, had a little bit to do with why we did it. But, again, it, field position ended up being good for us. It clearly did, and um, it was just one of the many positives uh, from Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos and one of the many facets that the Raiders uh, excelled at. And um, defensively, Lincoln, after they gave up that first touchdown on the opening drive of the Denver Broncos, um, the the Broncos didn't score again until the third quarter. Um, And it was a field goal that they ended up giving up. And by that point... The Raiders were up twenty-four to seven, mm-hmm. and you know it became twenty-four to ten. Uh, so they, had, they, the, the defense again, and they've been doing this constantly. It's been a consistent theme throughout the year. Um, the defense plays well, and they give the offense plenty of chances to either make up uh, ground, uh, as we saw in the you know three of the first four games when they fell behind by you know double-digit points. Um, or just be able to keep them in the game, even the even in the uh, the Chargers game, uh, even in the Ch- Chicago game, the defense played well enough to give the offense plenty of chances to get back into those games. Um, and uh, so I'm calling it right now, Lincoln. This is a hell of a defense by the Chicago, by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and I don't see any reason why it's not going to be good throughout the season. Well, look, I think when Gus Bradley came, he brought new ideas. Um, and, and observations, and he started putting people in the right place. And you and I were doing shows last year. You know, we were critical of Jonathan Abram being in coverage, playing that second, that safety spot that they had. They addressed that. Right. You know, they addressed that. They, they gave him mm-hmm. a, they gave him a position. And now, you know, they're still trying to fill out a little bit of their dime. Um, I think, but for the most part, their nickel has been great because Nate Hobbs has played phenomenal. Um, and, and they can, they can control a lot of things. The linebackers are playing far more better than they, they played in, in recent years. So everybody has a place on this defense and a responsibility. And the big thing that, you know, that comes out all the time is can you generate a pass rush? And they have been able to do that without having to blitz. Um, they knew going into it that Teddy Bridgewater is not a strong 
arm throwing quarterback, not and not all accuracy. And they let's let's face it, when Casey Hayward got beat, uh, was if it was a more accurate pass, it might be a different story because yeah. it was just a momentum. But you know, it didn't it didn't Sutton couldn't come out with the ball, so it was what it was. But this 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 front four can generate a pass rush. The linebackers are are key are playing well. Um, and even when Kwiatkowski has come in and had the spell, Denzel Perryman, he's done a, a fairly good job. Everybody seems to have uh, their their purpose and their assignments. They know them well enough they can ex- go out there and excel. And I think that's what Gus Bradley did by bringing this type of defense here. Yeah, and you know when you talk about Casey Hayward ranked first uh, among uh, NFL cornerbacks by Pro Football Focus, Nate Hobbs ranked fifth out of 118 uh, cornerbacks. Um, in the NFL by Pro Football Focus. Jonathan Abram, the 37th ranked safety, don't laugh at that. He was in the 80s. He was like dead last all last year uh, in terms of safety. So that's marked uh, improvement. Trevon Morig, 14th uh, out of 86 safeties uh, by Pro Football Focus. That's beyond what they were getting last year from an Eric Harris and whoever else they would run out, run out there. Uh, Denzel Perryman is a 16th ranked uh, inside linebacker. Corey Littleton, 51st. Uh, at, at his position or, or, or amongst all linebackers, hey, from last year to this year, the Raiders will take that. And I think that uh, Corey's needle is pointed up. He's kind of back on track. Um, you're looking at K.J. Wright, 17th-ranked linebacker. Max Crosby, the, the number one defensive end right now, he's playing at a defensive player of the year level, Lincoln. Yeah. The, it, it's six games now. I know that there's still 11 more left to play. Uh, but what he's put out there already – is puts him on a track where you can justifiably talk about him. Like right now, if the season were to end right now, he'd be in the talk for Defensive Player of the Year uh, Mm -hmm. award without question. I'm saying that to say all this, nobody was ranked in uh, in those uh, places last year. Right. Like everybody was down. Everybody was, you know, Clee Farrell was among the top 15 ranked uh, defensive ends, but he wasn't. It wasn't being expressed in right. terms of, you know, the the sacks and all that kind of stuff. But as you look at this defense right now, Lincoln, uh, and six weeks in, and you see the contributions that they're getting throughout, um, what do you make of, of where they are defensively right now? I'm I'm thrilled to see that guys make the best of their opportunities. Solomon Thomas, for what it's worth, was written off a long time ago, almost like a, a first-round bust because he really never took off. He's playing damn well. Quentin Jefferson's playing damn yeah. well. Yeah. You, know, you talked about Damian Square being called up uh, when Hankins went down, and he got in there and, and had some plays. I mean, Darius Phylon went back down to practice what I think, um, didn't he? Or is he? No, uh, he was on the. He was uh, just injured. wasn't active. It just wasn't active. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, you, these guys have, have made the best of their opportunity on the interior, and they and and the great thing about it is even Carl Nassim. Who last year at this particular time I was like, well, that was a bust. It was a waste, of, you know, going out and get a free agent. But he's playing well um, behind Ngakwe, and and we all know with Max Crosby. Now Crosby gets a lot of the credit, and rightfully so. We're not trying to. I'm not trying to sell him so, short, but collectively, this defensive line has done a job that we have not seen in in, in a long time watching Raider football. Now that allows on the back end because I I thought for sure we we're going to be in trouble when the two corners went down. And had to be placed on IR. I thought we were going to be in trouble. But, hey, look at getting Brandon Faison from uh, the Chargers practice squad. Turned out to be a damn good thing. Yeah. I mean, you he know replaced Samik Robinson, who was, yeah. who was kind of struggling. He was struggling, right? And it, it was, he was actually struggling a lot even when he came in for that spell. Um, when I think when Hayward won something, they ran to his side. He missed the tackle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, 
you have the ability to go to someone else when, say, you don't have the production that you that you want. You know, and, and that's been great. I, I, that's been really refreshing. Roger Teamer, you know, Dalen Levitt, all these guys, you know, even see spots out every now and then out of, out of Keyshawn Nixon. And coming in this season, they really had high expectations of Keyshawn. Yeah. You know, they thought they thought they were going to have to use him more than they, than they had to. So I'm glad to see that people are making the best of their opportunities. I'm glad to see that this defense collectively is playing well. And more importantly, I'm glad to see that they have the confidence, especially at the corner spot, where they can be, they can be physical. Yeah, and shout out really honestly to Mike Mayock uh, and to Gus Bradley and his staff because you know what they went out and got a lot of these players and you know sometimes the final step or part of the steps of of building a good roster uh, when you're when you're rebuilding is getting to a point where now you can start adding quality depth um, certainly you know because you feel good about your starters starters, and now let's go find you know uh, the best kind of depth that they can find and that's certainly been the case because everyone's number that gets called if they can't do it they find somebody very quickly who can uh, and it just uh, you know from a coaching perspective it's just such a breath of fresh air and a luxury to have guys that you can count on uh, when guys go down. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila in Bahudar. It is a Tuesday, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. But, but by the way, yeah. the NBA is starting this year. I yeah, so it started tonight. tonight. Yeah, just right. Totally fired up about that. We'll talk to you on the other side.